Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad to have you here. It's Monday, September the 25th. Happy fall. I guess it's the autumnal equinox has passed and now summer is over. And I know I'm a big summer fan, but actually I really like fall as well. Oktoberfest starts up. What, uh, next weekend is Oktoberfest? Kind of excited for that. Yeah, uh, I like beer. Uh, I still like beer. And I'm hoping to go to Oktoberfest either next weekend or the weekend after that. What about you? In Missouri here, we have this big uh, Oktoberfest celebration in um, wine country. A lot of people don't know that Missouri actually has a wine country, and they have breweries and um, all kinds of uh, distilleries and things like that out in Herman, Missouri, which is absolutely beautiful, one of the most beautiful parts of Missouri. And they have a big Oktoberfest celebration, and me and the friends, we like to, me and the gang, we like to get together every year. But uh, looking forward to that. How about you? Love to hear what's on your mind today. Don't forget, if you're tuning into the show right now, click like and subscribe to the channel. If it's your first time here today and you enjoy the content that you're watching and listening to, you can text the show and let us know what's on your mind. If you think, if you think there are some big stories that we might be missing at 573-319-1586. Again, you can always text the show night or day. I'm always checking the voicemails and text messages over at 573 573- 319-1586. All right, let's get to the news. Burger King pulls their ads from Rumble.com in a strike against comedian Russell Brand. The continued demonetization and attacks against Russell Brand and his allies uh, have caught the eyes of conservatives and libertarians who think that this might be the kind of thing that would deserve a little bit of the Bud Light blowback. We'll talk about that at the top of the show this morning, and we'll get going on that in just a couple of minutes. I saw also that Dave Portnoy, most of you know him as the founder of Barstool Sports, apparently he is also going to be getting some kind of a big hit piece coming out against him in the Washington Post, I believe, and he recorded himself calling up the reporter preemptively to let them know that he knew that there was a hit piece coming out on him and that they were going to be going after his advertisers. It's a war of capitalism and cancel culture. We're going to talk about it this morning on the show, uh, as well as the uh, the news that the hashtag MeToo founder, Rose McGowan, who famously accused Harvey Weinstein and other Hollywood executives of uh, rape and sexual assault, has actually made a statement not directly attributing it to what is happening to Russell Brand, but in a sideways sort of discussion where she uh, actually said some things that shocked me when it came to her thoughts on the allegations against Russell Brand. I have the clip. I'm going to play it for you this morning. We're going to talk about it first thing, and it'll be a great inter- uh, great discussion. Can't wait to have it. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about, oh, I've got these clips of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's just, you know, <laughs> stupid as hell as per usual, about Venezuela and uh, the reason for the failures of socialism in Venezuela, which you can imagine is, you know, about as dumb as you can How expect. How dare you? You know, about America as is a nation that can be as, defined in a single word. I was going to put him, uh, put, excuse me. So what is the reason for the failures of socialism in Venezuela? And she also gets called out by her own team, the media, uh, over her driving a Tesla and saying she supports union auto workers. We're going to talk about that this morning. I've got the clips. It's going to be a very clip-heavy show this morning. So if you're a big fan of watching news clips and watching me react to the news clips, then today is your show. Again, you can always text us and let us know if you think there's a big story that we might be missing because... I can't always catch up on the breaking news while the show is going on for the next two hours. The Wake Up America show is every Monday through Friday 
from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on in the world. Uh, so again, you can always text us at 573-319-1586. Turn up the microphone volume for you there, Nelson65. Uh, again, uh, technical questions and issues as well. Feel free to text them in 573-319-1586. I am not an audio engineer, so sometimes uh, I just, I suck at this. Uh, z- 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 let's see. Uh, ba- 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 ba. Uh, people are actually texting me some good stuff, some good tips on how to fix the mic shit. Thank you. All right. At 730 this morning, Donald Trump beats Joe Biden by 10 points. I mean... I want to believe that, right? Washington Post, ABC News poll, not exactly the type of organizations that you would think would be big supporters of Donald Trump. But the best, re- the best part about it wasn't just that I was like, oh my God, please, God, let that be true. But it was the leftist freak out over it yesterday. They were running around screaming with their heads cut off. Jank Uyghur, you know, from the Young Turks, he wrote an article over at Newsweek.com saying, Mr. President, You're going to lose to Trump. We're begging you to step down. (laughs) Where's the evil laugh? (laughs) Very funny. Uh, We'll be talking about that, analyzing that. And then at 8 a.m. this morning, we're going to speak to the, well, you know him as the AR-15 gun guy from Missouri. Remember the guy who pointed his guns at the Black Lives Matter activist who broke, broke down his gate and marched onto his property and then he had to go through this whole legal rigmarole, and then he ran for the U.S. Senate here in Missouri. Yeah, that Mark McCloskey. He's going to be joining us this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time to react to the news that Donald Trump might be blowing Joe Biden out of the water. And what are the factors that are going into this? What are people saying the reasons are for why they would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden? A lot of it is the usual suspects, things like the economy, uh, and Joe Biden's approval ratings haven't been helping. But There are a couple of interesting things in this poll that I think you might not have factored in that most Americans are as concerned about as you, conservatives, libertarians, right-wingers, independents, populists, uh, whatever you might call yourself watching us here on the show this morning. Um, Some things that I think will actually give you some hope. So we'll talk about that with Mark McCloskey today at 8 a.m. Central Time, fellow Missourian, and we'll look forward to hearing from him today at that time. At 8.30 a.m. Central Time, uh, so an hour and a half from now, we're going to speak to Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians podcast. He's a Libertarian Party guy. Apparently, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been flirting with the Libertarian Party in terms of maybe dropping out of the race in the Democratic primary. And, well, maybe he's going to run for president of the United States as a um, he's going to run for president of the United States on the uh, Libertarian Party side of things. I, I It's kind of interesting. So we'll see what happens there. Do you think that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can win the Libertarian Party's domination, especially considering that he holds so many positions that are anathema to Libertarians? Well, you might not be surprised by my response to that, but as a former Libertarian presidential candidate myself from the 2016 race, I can tell you this. Um, yeah, you don't, I would, don't be shocked by a lot of the things that you might hear from the, coming out of the Libertarian Party. Again, you can always text the show. Let us know what's up at 573-319-1586. Again, you can always text the show. Let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. When it comes to the allegations against Russell Brand, the actress Rose McGowan, who founded the Me Too movement, is, uh, well, she's quite skeptical, as many of you might be. Take a listen. Let me start this by saying I stand with all victims. I think what's being done right now 
in the Russell Brand case with The Guardian and the other news outlets is part of a concerted effort to turn the public in general against anybody who comes out. And one of the reasons and ways they're doing this is a concerted effort to bend journalistic rules that have always been in place, such as having to be on the record with who you are and what your name is in order to accuse. I didn't make these rules. These are the rules. They were the rules. So there's something very strange going on when these rules are being bent in order to push a narrative. It's almost like Icarus flew too close to the sun. He's a low-lying fish and not one of the truly powerful, so he can be thrown to the wolves. I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. That's not what this is about. This is about driving us further apart and mainstream media and media outlets protecting people on a higher up level from true consequence, from what they're really doing and what they're really getting away with. And the real losers in this are actual victims. I'm sorry and hurt for anybody who's been hurt. But this narrative and the way it's being done is just pushing this culture war, pushing us farther apart, and pushing any gains gotten by people believing accusers to the edge. And, and this is a way to have us not be believed. This is not the way the reporting is done. You have to go on the record. It has always been that way. I didn't make it so. It didn't make me happy to have to do so. Neither did it make others happy to have to do so. But to blindly and anonymously accuse none of these high-level journalistic outlets would have ever let this be published before. So I have to ask why. Why now? What is the true narrative they're pushing? It's interesting. That's Rose Let McGowan. She's the actress who uh, started the Me Too movement by ex uh, the explosive allegations that were made against Harvey Weinstein that resulted in his imprisonment, uh, now speaking out against the accusations and allegations that are being, being made against Russell Brand. Now, it's interesting because when you look at the laws in the United Kingdom, and I've been doing a little bit of research and homework over the weekend and this morning um, about what can be done in terms of an accuser being made anonymous, in the United Kingdom, laws protect accusers of sexual assault uh, and their anonymity, where they can make these kinds of allegations, and the person who is accused it can have their identity revealed, but the person who is accusing can remain anonymous. Now, there are very serious consequences in the UK for people who make false allegations, so there, are, there could be repercussions if the people who are making these allegations against Russell Brand are lying. However, I'm with Rose McGowan in that it seems very suspicious, the circumstances of the allegations that are being made against him and the timing of such, and of course, that many people who have probably done far worse, or at least the same as what uh, Russell Brand is being accused of, are very much protected in our society, which is the very thing that we want to, we want to expose. Uh, if these allegations against Russell Brand are proven to be false, as he claims they are, and here in the United States, we very much believe in the presumption of being innocent until proven guilty, then I think it's going to be time for us to start to turn this around against false accusers. It's going to be time for us to start to make a counter movement to what I believe is, well, what do you call it? I mean, when bitches lie, bitches lie, bitches lie. And maybe Russell Brand is a liar. And maybe he's the bitch. Maybe he's the one who 
is going to have to go out there and serve time if he committed these horrible and heinous crimes. I'm just saying that I'm skeptical of these of allegations that are made after 15, 20 years have gone by. Now, um, on the cancel culture, the culture war part of this that she brings up, I think this is also interesting because Burger King is now coming under fire after it pulled their advertisements from Rumble.com. The uh, fast food company, along with ASOS, ASOS, and HelloFresh, was among several businesses that pulled their advertisements from the video streaming platform where we are streaming our show live right now. The fast food chain did not disclose the exact reasons behind the moves, although some people have connected it with brand, but the um, the uh, reasons for why they do so should be blatantly obvious. This comes on the heels of YouTube making a similar um, move to pull the monetization of Russell Brand in the light of these allegations. Russell Brand earns about $33,000 a month from his Rumble channel and about $1.2 million a year from, Rum, uh, from YouTube. And the site, of course, banned monetization on his channel this week. He loses a million dollars a year just for being accused of a crime. Now, Burger King's decision to pull its advertisements from Rumble um, has gotten a lot of people upset. And of course, it, it, it makes people like myself angry because when you think about it, this isn't just an attack on Russell Brand. It's an attack on all creators on the Rumble platform because when Burger King makes this kind of a decision or HelloFresh makes this kind of decision, it's their right to do so in a free market, but it's also my right to complain and also to let you know that this is a way, this is an attack on people like myself who uh, tacitly, at least so, to some degree, are supporting Russell Brand's claims of innocence until he has had his day in court and the evidence has really been shown out. I don't believe any text messages that are pushed out there, even by mainstream news outlets like the ones that are that have published these allegations like the Sunday Times, the Times, and Channel 4 from the United Kingdom. I don't believe any quote-unquote evidence that they show because, of course, I have a complete and total distrust in the mainstream media and, uh, well, uh, pretty much the same amount of distrust in the alternative media as well, if I'm being frank and honest here. However, when organizations, news organizations, and advertisers have these relationships, you have to understand that it's not just people like Russell Brand that are that are going to be uh, on the receiving end of some of the hurt and pain when these advertisers are pulled. And a lot of these advertisers, here's the reality. A lot of these advertisers aren't pulling their ads because of their own thoughts and feelings about the person who's uh, advertising might appear next to their podcast. Because if you know how YouTube works, for those of you who are in the creator space, and I, obviously I got demonetized on YouTube myself just a few weeks ago. But if you're in the uh, creator space on YouTube, one of the things that you know that you can do if you're an advertiser is you can actually block ads from appearing next to certain types of creators. So when you pull ads completely from a platform, that can affect more than just the, that creator themselves, right? But what doesn't make sense about YouTube demonetizing Russell Brand entirely is the fact that if advertisers truly did not want to appear next to Russell Brand's content, they can simply put in their search queries, you know, that we would like to not appear next to Russell Brand, essentially the technical equivalent of that I'm explaining to you. They don't have to appear next to Russell Brand content. So when they pull their advertisements entirely, one has to wonder if they aren't perhaps 
reacting to pressure campaigns campaigns from the media to demonetize Russell Brand. In other words, it's artificial, if you know what I mean. So why do I think this? Well, when I watched this video of Dave Portnoy, who is the subject of an upcoming hit piece in the Washington Post, he actually called the Washington Post when he found out that they were going to do a hit piece on him, and he sort of reveals how the media, the Washington Post, ABC News, all these leftist institutions, how they use cancel culture power to target advertisers and to target big tech in order to pressure them to to cancel people like myself and Russell Brand and others. Who knows? Maybe the reason a few weeks ago why somebody, why I was demonetized on YouTube could have been the result of some journalist who contacted YouTube and said, hey, this guy said something about Jews or blacks or Muslims or gays or transgenders or you know, uh, some d- group that is a disaffected group for whatever reason, and they had me demonetized for that purpose. Let me play this clip for you from Dave Portnoy, where he calls the Washington Post when he talks specifically about how these news a- organizations aren't really news organizations as much as they are activist organizations. Take a listen. This is Emily. Hey, Emily, this is Dave Portnoy calling. Uh, I'm recording you right now, but. I've noticed a bunch of people. You're, it seems like you're sending. We have this pizza fest happening on Saturday, and you're reaching out to our advertisers, and you're basically sending an email that says to the effect, "Dave's a misogynic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event?" Right? I'm sorry. What's your name, Dave? Pause there. So Dave says, "Okay, so I've heard that you are going after my advertisers." saying, hey, Dave Portnoy is, a, is you know, misogynistic and racist, and you're advertising at his event. He, he puts the advertise, they, they put the advertiser on the defensive. You know, who knows? This could be what they've done to Burger King or HelloFresh or ASOS, these companies that have pulled their advertising from Rumble. This could have been a, a, as a result of a pressure campaign from the media to go after people like Russell Brand and people like myself for having an alternative viewpoint on things. Stuhl Presidente here, as he's known, or David Portnoy, it ha- has seen it and is calling it out, is actually calling the reporter out for doing this. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm the guy you're writing the article about, Dave Portnoy. Oh, you're Dave Portnoy. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. <laughs> no, I'm not, not, I haven't said anything like that. I'm well, sure. I, I, can, I can read, if you want, Such if liars. you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, read because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay, uh, we are planning to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogynic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this, since the company is the most prominent and their partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I sent to, which was definitely the most pointed of them because. I really did want them to respond. So see, she lied earlier. She said she never said anything like that. And now she's like, oh, yes, I did send that one, which is obviously the most pointed of them all. And hold on, I'll let her continue. And I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like, I I totally disagree with the assertions of what you said, that misogenic and all that stuff. So, like, it kind of misogynistic. I don't think that's is misogenic a word. Somebody help me out here. Whoa. That's a little loud there. Sorry about that, guys. Um, the is is misogenic a word? Somebody help me on this one. I just need to know if misogenic is a word. Apologize for um, uh, very loud there. 
uh, misogenic, misogenic. Is it a word? Um, no, hold on. I'm going to look at it. Right, 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 right. Sorry about that. Blowing your ears out there. So, um, uh, misogenic. Is that a word? Somebody help. It backs people into a corner. So I'm happy to go over anything. I mean, you have, that is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So no, I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most. Pointed. Well, no, you, you that went before I, before I provided proof, you said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you and you're like, oh yeah, I did it that one time. So exactly. you did do it. Um, I'm happy to talk about the comments because to me, it's kind of like torturous interference. Like we're doing an event. Everyone's happy about the event. I, you know, I've raised 50 million for small business. I've helped pizza. None of that. It's Dave's misogenic and problematic. And I'm happy to talk about it because to me, nobody would like if someone's going around sending that email to their sponsors. And again, you're not like questioning you're, you're it's almost like a statement of fact. This yes. is what I am. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk to you about this, um, and I just want you to know that the story I'm working on, I'm working on it with a colleague, um, and I want to kind of loop him on this because we did want to talk to you. We were when were you on, When were you going to reach out? We were planning on doing it tomorrow morning, hmm. but um, so you're going to write the article and then give me like I've had that a bunch people. That's how they do it, honestly. The media when they do these drive-by hit pieces, they will reach out to you for a comment. And they will do so like 10 minutes before they publish the article, right? And they'll do that and they'll say, we reached out to Dave Portner for a comment, or we reached out to Russell Brand for a comment, or we reached out to Austin Peterson for a comment, but they were uh, unable to respond in time for the publication of the piece, right? They don't give you any time at all to respond, they'll, or they'll call you right before the publication of the piece and ask you for a statement on the phone right then and there. And then as soon as they get off the phone, boom, they click publish. And, and that's how it works. Because these media outlets, these organizations, they're activist groups. They're not really journalistic outfits. For example, there's this one newspaper from the United Kingdom. It's called The Guardian. And The Guardian is one of the biggest examples of like a propaganda news rag from the international left because it has almost no readership. It, the, it, the circulation is extremely limited. But it has a massive budget and it gets tons of money because it operates in a nonprofit status and gets billions of dollars annually from like the, George Soros and Bill Gates and all of these professional leftists out there who fund these journalistic outfits in order to wage war against people who do not conform to a narrative that is conducive to advancing international socialism. And I got to say, give it up to Dave because... Honestly, I feel like that was a brave thing for him to do, uh, it, it, calling them up, uh, calling them out like that. And she is obviously sideswiped because that's nobody really does that ever. And I have to say that was, you know, give it up for Dave Portnoy. If you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here today. You can send us a text at 573-319-1586. Uh, Steffi P for Liberty over on the live stream. Good morning. She says that a misogynic, misogynic person is dubious of women, but he may not feel a full-out hatred towards them. Okay, learning a new word today. Yeah, Lucas Mercado says, misogynic. You can use the ad adjective misogynic when you're talking about a man who dislikes or distrusts all women. There you go. That's funny. Um, good new word today. Let us know uh, things like that. You can always send us a text. I can't always um, uh, monitor the Rumble chat, but send us a text at 573 
319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. If you want to fight back against cancel culture, you can do so today. If you want to support Rumble and the Wake Up America show, the best way to do that at both at the same time and fight back against cancel culture like this is to become a monthly subscriber to the Wake Up America show through Rumble. And the way I understand it, if you want to subscribe to the Wake Up America show through Rumble, I believe you have to do so on a computer platform. So you can't do it on just your phone. You've got to do it like on a laptop or a desktop, a PC or what have you, uh, if you want to do so. So if you want to fight back against cancel culture when Burger King and HelloFresh are getting all of this pressure from the leftist activist media, and you want to support Rumble and the Wake Up America show at the same time, become a monthly subscriber to the Wake Up America show through Rumble. And that's a great way to support both of us because a portion of those proceeds go to Rumble and a portion of those proceeds go to me. Now, don't forget, if you are a monthly subscriber to the Wake Up America show, this show that you're watching right now, then you do get a 20% discount at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. If you're already a monthly subscriber and you haven't gotten your uh, 20% discount code yet, um, rumble.com doesn't necessarily share with us all of your email addresses. So shoot me a DM over on Twitter at AP4Liberty. That's AP, the number four, AP4Liberty and say, hey, Austin, I'm a Rumble subscriber. I'll go and check the name on the list and I'll respond back to you with that 20% discount code so you can get some awesome gifts and coffee and delicious coffee over at AP4LibertyShop.com. There's uh, uh, lots of great content, and uh, we, we we dropped a whole bunch of awesome Halloween gear over at apforlibertyshop.com as well. So support um, uh, the Wake Up America show and Rumble.com by uh, becoming a monthly subscriber at Rumble, just like Joni Rankin and Corey and Callie and uh, all of our Kermode Bear and all of our other friends over there at Rumble.com. Good morning to you all. Nice to see you. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we appreciate you all very much for your input. We were uh, we played the clip this morning from Dave Portnoy where he went on the attack against cancel culture from the Washington Post. We also talked about Rose McGowan and played her clip of her sort of sideways supporting Russell Brand or at least defending him from possible base baseless allegations. Um, now I've got a clip for you here that I wanted to play. This is of uh, Alexandria Kaja Cortez who went on Face the Nation over the weekend when she's talking about sanctions regarding socialism and Venezuela. Take a look and a listen. In this specific instance, uh, U.S. sanctions that were originally authored by Marco Rubio began and precipitated, certainly took a large part in the driving of populations to our southern border. Shortly after those sanctions, those broad-based sanctions... You're talking about Venezuela. Yes. Shortly after those broad-based sanctions were enacted, we started seeing uh, dramatic increases in these populations that were coming to our southern border. And so we have to address the root of these population movements and the migration crisis and we also have to address the domestic U.S. policy issues when it comes to immigration reform. But you know the Maduro government has also been responsible for large Absolutely. parts of that. Are you saying that you want to rep you want the Biden administration to pull back pressure on him? I think we need to re-examine the nature of these sanctions in this specific instance. So that's the that's the tired old socialist line always is that it's the sanctions that are responsible for the failures of socialism and not socialism itself, right? She goes into great detail about sanctions that are made against uh, the government of Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, that's another reason why I think sanctions are quite problematic when, in regards to dealing with many of these countries, because I do happen to believe that free trade, even with socialist and communist nations, 
tends to help undermine communism in those countries to to an extent, right? Knowing that there is corruption that occurs, and uh, quite frequently the dictators will take all of that uh, if it's aid, for example, or if it's trade, they can use that to benefit their dictatorship, and that is a problem that we do have to uh, understand. But when you institute these trade restrictions and sanctions on these countries, they can then turn around and blame the United States and the evil imperialist capitalist empire for their problems and the failures of socialism rather than the failures of socialism itself. So that is one of those things that you have to watch out for. And of course, uh, I would prefer that we take that talking point away from the socialists. But speaking of talking points, I thought it was interesting that here on CBS, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez may have faced her first difficult question in her life when she was asked about the UAW auto workers potential strike. Take a listen. You were quoted back in July saying you look forward to buying a union-made electric vehicle, but you buy, but you currently have a non-union-made mm-hmm. Tesla. UAW already makes some electric vehicles. Yes. So why wasn't that? Is it a problem with the the quality? Is it a problem with the style? Is the market just not there? Uh, no, the, our car was purchased uh, during the pandemic when travel mass, before a, a vaccine had come out. So travel between New York and Washington, the safest way that we had determined was an EV, but that was prior to um, some of the new models coming out on the market that had the range available. Uh, but we're actually looking into trading in our car now. So yeah, I'm also I'm also looking into making a billion dollars. Um, I'm looking into that right now, actually. <laughs> looking into making a billion dollars on uh, the Wake Up America show. And uh, certainly thanks to people like the Onion Dip who have donated five dollars into the tip jar. I'm five dollars closer to being a billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. So freaking bad. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Grateful and glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel. We're grateful to have you here today. Uh, 823 says, Pendeja. Very funny. Did she have some surgery? She looks different, asked Corey and Callie. I have no idea. I try not to look at her too much. It's like staring into the sun. Burns. It burns. It burns me. All right, what do we have next up for you? Um, let's see. Mr. President, you're going to lose to Trump. We're begging you to step down, says Jank Weger of the Young Turks. <laughs> Uh, you love to see it. A new uh, ABC and Washington Post poll shows that President Biden would lose to Donald Trump in a theoretical matchup by 10 points. Oh, my God. I wonder why. Well, it's because they say Biden is facing criticism on the economy, immigration and aid. Finding shows that Trump leading Biden by a wide margin, says Washington Post, does not match other recent polling, however, suggesting it is an outlier. Interesting. Do you remember all of those polls that they had when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump in 2016? Remember all those polls that were showing Hillary Clinton with 300 electoral votes and some massive number of, uh, of votes that were going to go to Hillary Clinton? Well, here's the Washington Post poll. Compared to many other mainstream media polls here, you can see this is the post-ABC poll, the one that I'm talking about right now that just dropped. And this is Fox News, Quinnipiac, CNN, and the Wall Street Journal. And yes, the Post and ABC poll is an outlier. Um, And Fox News uh, poll here shows a slight lead. uh, And the other one's showing a little bit more neck and neck. But three out of five polls here, would you say? Wall Street Journal, I guess, we could say neck and neck. But let's see, two and two, 
Um, so two with uh, Trump leading, two with Biden leading, very, very limited. 52 to 42 in the Washington Post ABC poll. Um, well, let's see. I wonder if it's things like this that maybe have got people int- more interested in uh, hearing Donald Trump's message this time around than they did in 2020. Take a listen. I will ban the critical race theory and far left gender ideology from our school. And you've been hearing me say this. Uh, and I do want to hear you say that, Mr. President, but I would far prefer you to say what I hear from people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who say things like, we need to abolish the Department of Education. Am I right? The Federal Department of Education. The president can do a lot towards that goal if Donald Trump becomes the president again. Uh, I will keep men out of women's sports, if that's okay. Because how ridiculous is that? I will ban the... How ridiculous is that? It is quite ridiculous. I have to say that uh, Donald Trump certainly sounds like he's on top of his game these days out on the campaign trail, despite the fact that he's pretty close to uh, Joe Biden in age. And we've been having a lot of conversations about people who are, well, uh, well, what we might call it a gerontocracy these days. But this Washington Post ABC News poll found that President Biden is struggling to gain approval from a skeptical public. His approval ratings are at historic lows. That's why Jank Wager decided to write this article. He says, President Joe Biden is under 40. The old rule of, about incumbents was that if they're under 50 points in approval, they're toast. President Joe Biden is under 40. There's almost no chance he's going to win. This is leftist Jank Wager. He says, I've never heard of an incumbent polling under 40 points who went on to win re-election. When it comes to Joe Biden, three in six recent polls had him in the 30s. In one recent poll, President Biden was at an abysmal 32%. <laughs> Where's my evil laugh? <laughs> I have hope. I have hope. Help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, he says that it's unrecoverable and that you're just telling yourself sweet little lies if you think he can win with those numbers. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Uh, Jenk Wager goes on to say, I know what everyone in Washington is going to say next, but that's not fair. He passed so many bills. No one has passed this much legislation since Grover Cleveland or something. He passed the semiconductor bill. And that just goes to show you how ignorant Jenk Wager is in general, because as we all know, Grover Cleveland, one of the greatest presidents in American history, was famous for not passing bills, you moron. He was known as a veto president, President Grover Cleveland, who actually my wife and I are working on our next children's book. It's going to be coming out very soon about Grover Cleveland. So look for that one very soon. And if you haven't read our children's book about Calvin Coolidge, probably the greatest president in American history, then you can check that out over at ap4libertyshop.com. But Jenk Wager says, I got bad news for you if you're a Democrat. No one cares about the semiconductor bill or any of the other bills that helped his donors so much. Uh, Even if you love those bills, no American even knows about them. Well, at least he's being honest. Studio 314 becomes a monthly supporter over at rumble.com. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you very much for that. You're supporting not just me, but you're also uh, fighting against cancel culture. When you support uh, the Wake Up America show on Rumble, you're also supporting Rumble.com's fight against uh, advertisers being uh, threatened and harassed uh, by institutions, uh, leftist media institutions that are going after them. So thank you for that. We appreciate that, Studio 314. All right. Uh, So uh, the Washington Post ABC News poll says that dissatisfaction over Biden's handling of the economy and immigration 
as well as a rising share of Americans saying the United States is doing too much to aid Ukraine in its war with Russia, as well as broad concerns about his age, are what are, could possibly thwart President Biden's intentions for a second term at the White House. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that more Americans are starting to say that we are doing too much to aid Ukraine in its war against Russia. Now, if that was if that poll came out before 60 Minutes dropped this news uh, story about where our money is being spent in Ukraine. Take a listen. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the U.S. government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the U.S. also funds the divers, who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers to make them safe again for swimming and fishing. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that, to keep it afloat, the US government is subsidizing small businesses. American taxpayers are financing more than just... Uh, so we are subsidizing small businesses there in Ukraine. What? the hell um this is where our money is going it's subsidizing sunglass shops uh we're subsidizing um you know hair salons and we're subsidizing farmers in ukraine now you could make an argument that everything's connected and if you're a big time neocon who thinks that we need to be involved over there nothing no amount of logic or reason is going to change your mind and you'll find an excuse for every single penny of american taxpayer dollars that get sent over there but more and more Americans are saying that the reason why they would support Donald Trump over Joe Biden, they're saying that the amount of money that we're spending in Ukraine is one of the major reasons. Now, Stephanie and I, my lovely wife, we were having this conversation over the weekend about you know who she's going to decide to vote for in the general election, and she always votes libertarian. But it was interesting to hear her thoughts about you know why she might be open to voting for Donald Trump. She probably won't do it, but why she might be open to do it. And we were having this conversation, you know, and I, I don't, you know, pressure her or tell her who to vote for or anything like that. But I was just expressing to her, I was like, Stephanie, when you look at the state of the economy, for example, like, look what's in our best interest personally, not to just be selfish or anything like that. Because I think, you know, Stephanie and I give it a lot of our time and our energy to help support libertarian causes, not because it makes us rich, because it certainly does not. Um, but we, what is really in our own personal selfish best interest it is to have a strong economy. It's to have lower gas prices. It's to not have the taxpayer dollars, the money that we spend working half of the year, six months minimum of the year, going into the tax, the tax system, going into taxes, half of the year that we're working, that that money is actually, if it's going to be taken from us no matter what, which of course it's taxation is theft and we both agree, then at least that taxpayer money should be spent on something that should help American farmers. Even if I don't agree with subsidies here in the United States, I would prefer that that money be used here first. That's why I agree with Donald Trump when he says... From now on, it's going to be America first, okay? America, America first. first. I think when we have a struggling economy here in the United States, more people are awakening, awakening to the fact that the money that's being spent over in Ukraine is being misappropriated. And 
maybe some people don't agree with that or don't believe that, but I absolutely do. And more and more Americans are agreeing with people like you and I, if you share that opinion. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, though. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Now, Steffi and I were talking about one of the big reasons why she may be open to voting for a Republican for the first time in, I don't know, forever, um, was also the fact that we, when we get uh, our, the returns from the mutual funds, and we see how much money is being lost and our economy being destroyed in the stock market, that's a direct result of the policy of the anti-business, anti-market positions and policies that Democrats put in place. And so, I mean, it, it, it's in our best interest economically to vote for President Trump, even if you don't like the, you know, have nitpicking, you know, uh, criticisms to say about his tariff policy, which I absolutely disagree with him on. Maybe if you disagree with him on immigration, that doesn't matter because the fact is more and more Americans are dissatisfied with what's happening on the southern border here in the United States. Uh, And I think that they, most of them certainly have a good reason to be arguing that. And they are definitely critical of the way that Joe Biden has handled the border crisis that we are facing right now. That's one of the reasons that Donald Trump was stated to be winning this poll over Joe Biden by 10 points. What is it that's actually in our best interest personally? It's not to have a fading economy. It's not to have a failing economy. It's not to have gas prices. It shouldn't cost me $125 to fill up my trucks so that I can bring lumber back to my house so that we can have a garden uh, at our house. It shouldn't cost that much money to fill up our vehicles with gas. We can't all be rich like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and be in Congress and make amazing stock picks like Nancy Pelosi with insider trading so that we can get rich and, and be able to afford homes in San Francisco and, and vineyards you know, outside of the city. We can't all live like that, right? So it's the middle class and the poor in this, that, are harm, that are being harmed from this economy, and they're going to be the ones who are going to decide the next election. It's the elites and the establishment through the mainstream media who are putting the pressure on us, lying to us, gaslighting us, trying to destroy our heroes by demonetizing them through big tech and collusion, suppressing free speech like shows like these and Russell Brand and others who speak out against them uh, and trying to shut us up. If you speak out against the war in Ukraine and you're a big enough voice, they will come for you. I think Tucker Carlson said the the same thing in reference to Russell Brand. If you are, are a loud enough voice against taxpayer dollars being stolen and sent over to Ukraine, you will be a target. As a matter of fact, I saw Jack Posobiec, the uh, publisher of Human Events Magazine, of which I have a a weekly column, Jack Posobiec was actually put on a Ukrainian hit list because he is such a strident uh, critic of the American intervention in the war between Russia and Ukraine. He's actually been put on a Ukrainian hit list. I mean, that is, to me, one of the primary signs that shows that free speech in the United States, if it's not dead, it is absolutely dying. It is on life support. And the only way that we are going to be able to take it back is if we fight for it. Because the truth is, is that liberty is never given. Liberty must be taken. And that is one thing that I wish my fellow libertarians would understand is that there is no non-aggression principle in international politics and in war. That war is being declared against us. They are violating our naps every single day. Not, I'm not talking about sleeping naps, although many of us do seem to be asleep, it seems, as to the real threats and dangers that are posed to us by 
things like cancel culture that may not traditionally be libertarian issues, but which absolutely affect our fundamental liberties and rights. Uh, and the, uh, the question of free speech should also revolve around the question of a culture of free speech. Now, and then this leads us to the next question. Should we fight fire with fire when it comes to cancel culture? I say, yes, absolutely. Should we use double standards like the left uses against us in order to fight back, in order to fight for liberty? I think the answer to that is yes. Do we take a deontological approach versus a consequentialist approach? Or should we do a little bit of both? My answer to that, of course, is that I think we should take a little bit of an approach of both in fighting back against the left. We're not going to nice our way to freedom. So we're going to have to be a little bit of an asshole. But some people don't like assholes. You know, the problem, of course, with the Libertarian Party uh, and uh, third parties in general, of course, is that the type of people who might be appealing as candidates to the general public would have a very difficult time getting through a Libertarian Party primary. We're going to speak to uh, Chris Spangle about that this morning at 8.30 a.m. He's the host of the We Are Libertarians podcast. He was also an activist with the Libertarian Party of Indiana for a number of years. And we're going to hear from him this morning uh, at 8.30 a.m. Central about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is flirting with the Libertarian Party nomination. It'll be interesting to see if Robert F. Kennedy Jr., runs for president of the United States as a libertarian. Do you think that he has a chance at winning the nomination? Well, I'll go ahead and give you my sneak preview on this. I'm going to and tell you the truth. I think the answer is yes, despite the many big government statist interventionist views of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. At the moment, there really aren't any strong celebrity names of people who are going for the Libertarian Party primary. And the LP loves to have a celebrity name. They love to have someone who's already famous, already served in government as their presidential candidate. I mean, take a look at their last uh, few presidential uh, candidates uh, for a good example. Probably you could say, what, uh, what's her name? Gosh, the fact I've forgotten her name. The uh, pre Libertarian presidential candidate, uh, presidential candidate 2020, what was her name? That's not good. Joe Jorgensen was an exception, right? So she was the LP's nominee in 2020. Um, but historically, the LP in recent uh, years has mostly preferred to nominate um, former governors like in Governor Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Uh, and those of, a lot of people forget that Gary Johnson was a Republican in 2012. He ran uh, and he was a governor, Republican governor of New Mexico. And Bill Weld, of course, was a Republican governor as well. And then they quit the, um, J Gary Johnson quit the Libertarian Party in 2012 when he couldn't win the Republican nomination for President of the United States. Of course, he faced that threat from his right on uh, with Ron Paul still running in 2012 as well. So he quit, ran as Libertarian in 2012. And then in uh, 2020, Bill Weld uh, joined him on that ticket. But in 2008, of course, Bob Barr was a former Republican um, uh, uh, congressman who ran uh, and won the Libertarian Party's nomination in 2008. So there were the Libertarian Party, you have to understand, and Chris Spangle is going to go into more detail on this, it's just strong enough to get ballot access in 50 states, but it's not strong enough to prevent itself from hostile takeovers from people who don't necessarily share its principles or who are cast off from major parties who just want to have a little bit of fame and notoriety in the fading uh, light of their uh, dying careers. So the Libertarian Party is strong enough to get ballot access, but not strong enough to prevent that and to typically nominate good, strong libertarian candidates. 
Um, some of you may say, well, Joe Jorgensen was a good example of someone who is, you know, pure ideologically, but she didn't perform so well at the polls. Um, and you know, this is something that I think Chris Spangle really needs to go into more detail about. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. You can send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. My buddy, Anthony Rogers, he's a big comedian. He's got a really special little two minute segment that he wants to share with you today in his new segment. We haven't given it a title just yet, but uh, we've got a little breach, a little um, break in the news here for a little comedy segment from our friend Anthony Rogers of the Anthony Rogers Show, which you can subscribe to here on Rumble. He's going to start doing these little stand-up contributions for you as well. So enjoy your little minute of funny from Anthony Rogers, and we'll be right back. Morning, uh, America, and wherever else you may be unfortunate enough to be. Um, This is Anthony Rogers, your favorite comedian on the Wake Up America show. Today, Austin asked me to talk about John Fetterman and uh, explain how he's dressed like a tech school student or a mechanic or a janitor or something. Not there's anything wrong with any of those things. Just like he's a senator walking into sacred buildings uh, to America, at least. I mean, if you're if you love your country, these are sacred buildings. Walking into him dressed like a fool. And uh, he's probably cloned or something. <laughs> Maybe not cloned, but like an actor's playing him or something. Because he's not the same looking guy. Um, he looks like a Goomba from Mario or like Sloth from the Goonies. Like America has no more class. Everybody just walks around in like uh, superhero T-shirts and pajama pants. And, uh, but this isn't just your average moron. This is like a moron that is in the office of a U.S. senator. That's insane. Uh, at least try not to look like a bridge troll in office. At least pretend like you properly want to represent the best country in the world, uh, the best country that ever existed. Dressed like a goth kid's dad. But uh, looks aren't everything. He's also retarded. He's completely retarded. You have to force behavior. No one is going to run against Trump in the Republican side and win because you're not going to get the Trump supporters. They are all in on Trump. Unless he has a stroke, unless something happens, it's horrible. He, they're all in on Trump. You're, you, if you run against Trump, you're yeah. now the enemy of Trump. If I was friends with DeSantis, I'd be like, don't do it. You can't beat that guy. <laughs> you just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. There's a fucking, and the fact that he was the president for four years and the country was in a, a, a great economic situation yeah. and it looked like his policies were actually effective and that it looked like the unemployment was down, all business mm-hmm. was building, regulations were being relaxed, more things were getting done. You know, when you look at it from a policy perspective, if you just look at it on paper, what he did was effective. A lot of people think it was effective. You don't like him as a personality, so you ignore that. Don't do that. Look at it in terms of a policy perspective. People liked the ideas that he was putting forward. And now you're saying, like, oh, the wall is raised. Now the, the fucking, everybody thinks there needs to be a wall. Even the mayor of mm-hmm. New York City mm-hmm. is now calling to stop immigration That's into right. a city. And he, this was the guy that called it for it to be a sanctuary state. When the reality of what your policies what, what kind of actions you put forth, what, what the results of that are, and those results are highly negative, you're forced to sort of recollect. Recollect your thoughts mm-hmm. and come up with a, a, a new perspective. And that's what the mayor of New York City is doing right now. When you just look at what Trump's policies were, and then obviously COVID hits, there's a lot to that, the lockdowns, the, the economic collapse, all the shit that came with that. that all, none of that is good. And then Trump holds up this like hope to bring us back to where we were when he was in office. 
you're not going to beat that. I don't think they're going to beat that. I think they're going to beat that either. Good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show with Wake Up at wakeupamericashow.com. Yes, this new Washington Post ABC News poll has got the left absolutely freaking out about what will happen if Joe Biden ha- loses to Donald Trump. It could happen. Mark McCluskey is a former U.S. Senate candidate here in the, in the state of Missouri, as well as what you might call the AR-15 gun guy. Remember when he got in big trouble in the media for pulling out his AR-15 when Black Lives Matter stormed onto his property? Well, he's got a lot to say about that Washington Post poll. We're going to talk to him about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Don't forget to click that like button if you're enjoying the content today and click subscribe if it's your first time here. We'd love to have you come back and join us sometime. The Wake Up America Show is every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'd love to have you come back and join us every single day. It's a great way to start the day as well as a delicious cup of founding flavors coffee that you just saw in our coffee ads over there check out all of our delicious flavors like benjamin's electric elixir thomas's painkiller and george washington's revolutionary roast adams's patriotic perk and of course if you are not into the caffeine then you can enjoy some delicious betsy's liberty lullaby as well get those over at ap for liberty shop.com that's ap the number four ap for liberty shop All right, well, we've got lots of reasons to be excited, not just that Donald Trump may be winning over Joe Biden by 10 points if this Washington Post and ABC News poll is to be believed, but there's also talks of a government shutdown. Are you kidding me? Don't threaten me with a good time. You know, this liberty-loving American would love to see it and then never reopen. You know, maybe we could do what Vivek Ramaswamy says and fire one million federal workers. I think my next guest who's joining me right now would have been a good U.S. senator. I think he would have been all in on that. You may know him as a Republican U.S. Senate candidate from the state of Missouri or the more famous pink shirt-wearing AR-15 gun guy. He's joining us live right now, Mark McCluskey at Mark McCluskey USA. What's up, Mark? How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. Uh, the left is shocked. Jenk Wager from the Young Turks is calling for Biden to step down, and not just because of his low approval ratings, but they saw the poll. The writing is on the wall, Mark. The left doesn't like it. People want to get those gas prices down, and they're sick of seeing their, the stock market taking a dive every day, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, everything, everything is going to, to heck in a handbasket. You got inflation, you got gas prices, you got food prices, you got 10 thousand people a day crossing the border it, it's unsustainable and everybody recognizes it and then you've got the uh, the administration that says everything's great the uh and the economy's doing great we've got bidenomics damn it everything's going to be great and the border's closed and alejandro mayorkas is down there saying what this is wonderful you know we've got everything under control you can only engage in such bald-faced lying for so long before everybody gets sick of it the only thing that saves joe biden's rear end is Kamala Harris. Because when you've got the stupidest human being ever voted into high office as a number two person, that's his insurance policy. They can't afford to, to muster him out right now. Now, uh, Joe Biden has some historic low approval ratings. I think he was under 40%. Uh, Jenk Wager was saying the president needs to step down because no president who's had approval ratings this low has ever gone on to win re-election. Do you think Trump's got it in him to win? I mean, we saw what happened in 2020. I don't know if the game plan's different now to try and account for all the problems that the Trump campaign saw in 2020, but 
I mean, I have reason to be skeptical just because, well, you know how the Democrats are. They cheat. How do you feel yeah. about it? Well, you know, you're going to have to have a margin of victory so large that the cheating would be impractical or at least unbelievable when they do it. I think a large part of it's going to be who he picks as the vice presidential candidate. I, I think that the the one weak chink in Trump armor is West County type housewives, you know, the the uh, uh, kind of overeducated, underemployed, Chardonnay drinking class that thinks everything's wonderful. And all you want to do is have a doddering old fool as president that doesn't upset any apple cart. The problem is our, our apple carts are, are, you know, the wheels are falling off and they're full of worms and it takes emptying that apple cart and starting over. Uh, Mark, when you see these, the uh, American analogy made up on this point of moment. Yeah, Mark, when you see, when you see this poll, uh, one of the major uh, factors that has the American people turning against Joe Biden is the money that we're amount of money we're shoveling uh, over into this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, from the very beginning, I've been totally opposed to it. This this concept that we're we're championing democracy in Ukraine is is just complete BS. It doesn't. It, it never approximated a, a democracy. He's arrested his political opponents. He shut down opposition press. He's a uh, he's just one more third world oligarch. They're out buying villas in Switzerland and Lamborghinis. We're sending him $120 billion to do what? To try to promote a war with Russia. Why do we want to have a war with Russia? Russia, you know, we've got one serious international adversary, and that's the People's Republic of China. We need to do everything we can to pry people away from China, not force them into the arms of China. And Russia's got an economy of what? About the size of Italy or Spain. It poses no threat to us. But, you know, there are, there's the uh, permanent war neocons that want to have war at all costs all the time. And why? Because when you start shoveling hundreds of billions of dollars around, millions and even billions of dollars get lost really easily. And people can get very, very rich. Where is the accounting? Where is the accountability? We don't even ask for accountability. We just say, here, have $100 billion. Go buy yourself another villa in Switzerland and go go kill some Russians on our behalf. And I, you know, my favorite is Lindsey Graham talking with Zelensky, actually laughing about Russian soldiers being killed. I mean, these guys are 18, 19 year old kids. They're not ideologues. They're just, you know, members of the Russian army. And to laugh about their death is just, it's, it's absolutely purely evil. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Uh, you can tune in, uh, you can click like if you're enjoying the content. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well. I'm speaking to Mark McCluskey. He's known as the pink shirt uh, AR-15 <laughs> toting lawyer from Missouri. He was also a Republican U.S. Senate candidate here in the state of Mo. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on the uh, prospect of a government shutdown. Is this uh, a nightmare? Is this something that we need to be absolutely fearful of, Mark? Oh, my God, the concept of not having all-powerful government doing everything all the time to make our lives more difficult. I mean, you know, you, in, in your lead, and you mentioned Vivek, uh, you know, cutting a million federal jobs, reducing everybody by 75%. Well, you know, if we had 75% less government, I'd be about 400% happier. And, you know, <laughs> but here's the thing. This budget comes around. It's not like a surprise, right? It's not like they didn't know that October 1st was coming on, on January, uh, whatever it was, 5th, when they got sworn in. They had all year to work on this, but they always have to do is a crisis. So at the last minute, they can shove some nonsense. And then the, the debate between $1.459 trillion and $1.54 trillion. I mean, this is like saying, do you want to shoot yourself in the head with a 45 caliber bullet? 
but you want to shoot yourself in the head with a nine millimeter bullet. I mean, you're just as dead eventually. And this is exactly what's going on. You just cannot outspend your income forever and expect things to get better. All you have, you, you need to live within your means. And if you can't do it, you need to, you need to tighten your belt. Yeah, but of course the problem is is that the the both of the Republicans and the Democrats at the top don't really seem to have any incentive to let something like that happen. Kevin McCarthy, you know, to his credit, at least has brought up and opened up the investigation to begin impeachment pre, uh, uh, impeachment proceedings against Joe Biden, but he seemed to be pretty reluctant in doing so. He's only seeming to respond to the pressure that he's getting from his right with Matt Gates and and uh, Lauren Biebert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who are kind of holding his feet to the fire on this one. So, I mean, where do you think this goes? Do you think that the the Republicans are going to eventually cave on this one? Is this just kind of like a give to the to the hard right people like yourself and myself? So we'll shut up and go away. Your thoughts? Well, you know, if you saw uh, Matt Gates on uh, Maria Barker on my show yesterday morning, it's exactly what he said. I think is going to happen. They'll have hearings. They'll get mad. They'll make statements from the press. No one is going to go to jail. And you keep hearing people, even even Jimmy Comer saying, oh, you know, we don't really have any evidence. Well, holy, you know what? If I had one-tenth this amount of evidence in a, in a lawsuit that I'm trying, I'd have no problem at all. With How do you have $20 million, $30 million, maybe as much as $50 million being funneled to nine different members of Biden's family who have nothing to sell, no product other than the president, now then vice president's name? There is so much corruption, and yet nobody ever goes to jail. You know, I'll, I'll backtrack to what we were talking about just a minute ago. In the Iraq War, billions and billions and billions of dollars just disappeared. Nobody asked where it went. Nobody, there was no accountability. But that's what happened. In the, in the, what do they call it? The mist of war. You can't, you can't ask these questions like, what'd you do with your $100 billion? Just like this. They'll have hearings. They'll have, they'll have press conferences. Like Matt Gates said yesterday, where are the subpoenas? How come they haven't already subpoenaed Hunter Biden? Why isn't his little patoot sitting in the chair being cross-examined in D.C. Because you can't, everybody's got dirt. I, this is my personal belief. Everybody's been taking money from lobbyists. Everybody's got dirt. Nobody wants that magnifying glass put too closely on anybody for fear that it may eventually turn around to them. And that's the problem. I mean, I, I, I tell this every day. I used to have this cartoon on my wall where the, the dad's talking to his school-age daughter. He says, who does a congressman work for? And she says, the people. And he says, well, let me rephrase that. Let's assume you're running for a job that pays $174,000 a year for two years, but it costs you $20 million to get that job. Now, who does the congressman work for? And she says, the highest bidder. And that's unfortunately the truth. It's very cynical, but uh, based in reality. Good morning. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're gl glad and grateful to have you here. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the Wake Up America show's content that you're hearing right now. I'm speaking to Mark McCluskey, the pink shirt wearing gun toting lawyer and Republican U.S. Senate candidate. He's also the host of the Mark McCluskey on Fire show as well. Um, Mark, uh, a little bit delving into like the ideological questions here in the Republican Party. You know, I've been a, an activist in libertarian and Republican circles for um, about 15 years trying to get my ideas out there to the public of limited government, economic freedom and, and personal liberty. And some of my ideas uh, have been taken up in the mainstream and others have not. When I was, you know, just kind of a young, you know, buck Tea Party activist back in the day, one of the things that I really hoped that the Republican Party would do or the, the mainstream right would do is to take up more anti-war, more non-interventionist views when it comes to foreign policy. 
And these are back in the days when George W. Bush was still, you know, the leader of the Republican Party. Are you surprised to see that the Republican Party has switched so much on this issue back when we were all rah, 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 George W. Bush, invasion of, of Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, bomb, bomb, Saddam, right? Uh, you know, the, the neocons were so prolific and so uh, uh, powerful within the Republican Party. Are you surprised to see how much it has changed with people like Bill Kristol and other neocons who have been swept away from power? I mean, Nikki Haley would have been considered probably a top presidential contender if it was 10 or 12 years ago. What what has changed and why do you think that has changed? You know, I, I don't believe anything has changed. I've never seen anything where both parties have been so unanimously in support of the surrogate war against Russia on behalf of Ukraine. When, when uh, Vladimir Zelensky came and addressed joint houses of Congress, they played that, that propaganda film, complete with sad music and little girls holding kittens and all that kind of stuff. They played it as if it was news. And both houses of Congress, both parties applauded and, and stood and praised him. There is, I've never seen a more universal support for something as completely crazy as funding unlimited funds, whatever they need for as long as they need, I think, what the way the president phrased it, and both Republicans and Democrats jumped on board. You no longer need to have Bill Crystal out there supporting the, the Dick Cheney agenda because it's now universal. That and you know the the what do we have? Maybe five members of the House of Representatives who will stand up and say something about you know maybe this isn't the best idea in the world to give Ukraine a blank check when our country's starving, when when our borders are empty, when we don't have energy independence, when our military is spending more time deciding on who should go to what bathroom. Than how to break stuff and kill people, which is, you know, as Josh Lindell always said, what the army's there for. And this is a problem. It's, it, it's not that they've lost power, it's that their power is no, now so uniform that it's, it's like background noise. You don't have to actually see it because it's everywhere. Mark, we have an age test when it comes to running for government uh, positions. We think that, you know, people of a certain age um, are not fit to run for office. Uh, the, so you have to have, we have a minimum age. To run for president of the United States or to run for Congress, should there be a maximum age when you see how Joe Biden is handling his administration, bumbling, fumbling, falling over, speaking nonsense words, shaking hands with people who are not there, Diane Feinstein, Mitch McConnell having a stroke in public? It's kind of embarrassing. I think it makes us look weak on the world stage. What are your thoughts on an age, upper age limit for running for office? Well, you know, if, if I were a judge, I'm, I turn uh, 67 in a month. If I were a judge, I'd have three more years, right, that I'd have to retire here in Missouri. If I'm a federal judge, same thing. If I'm an airline pilot, I think I'm already out, right? Um, a lot of law firms and a lot of uh, corporate entities have mandatory retirement at age 65. But here's the thing. We have an age requirement for president. That's called election. I mean, if the people of America want to elect a senile old fool, who, by the way, can't remember how to get off stage, uh, you know, shakes hand with a Brazilian president the other day. He runs into the flagpole on the way on the stage, right? And doesn't know where he is. Then he forgets to shake the hand of the Brazilian president on the way. Another Brazilian president's a crook, right? And a communist and all the bad things. I, I wouldn't shake his hand either, but I guarantee you this president, you know, Joe Biden would love to shake hand. He just forgot he was there and wandered away. Well, I didn't vote for him. I'm sure you didn't vote for him. Probably nobody listening to this program voted for him. But enough people voted for him that they could fake getting him elected president, right? And that's why we, the next election, we need to send him packing. Not because he's 80 years old. Well, holy, holy, you know what? 
my favorite candidate, uh, you know, Donald Trump, he's getting up there too. But you compare their intellect, their energy level, and what, what gravitas they're going to bring to the office, and there's a market difference. You can have an 80-year-old guy that's sharp. My dad did surgery until he was 78. Um, but you, you can also have a 65-year-old person who's a moron. And I don't know how old Kamala Harris is, but uh, she was born stupid, and she's gotten worse ever since. <laughs> Uh, one last question, probably the most important question. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs season has kicked off. We're all excited to see what's going to happen. The big news, though, that everybody was talking about yesterday was Taylor Swift out there cheering for her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. Um, and of course, Taylor Swift is a big proponent of Joe Biden. Do you have any thoughts on the Taylor Swift, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey situation here in Missouri? I wonder if Travis has to pay $20,000 a time to go see her, you know? <laughs> the admission price to be your girl be his boyfriend might be very high uh, mark mccloskey anything else you want to share with our listeners before we let you go uh, no you know it, i just say it every day you can't expect the cavalry to come over the hill this is a country by the consent of the government whatever bad stuff happens it's because we allow it to happen if each and every one of us stood up and took control of our own freedom we can win this thing back. We can take our republic back. We can make this our country again. But right now, the people in charge of both parties don't give a poop about us. And we got to fight and get that back. Well, God bless you, Mark McCloskey. Thank you for your time today. Best of luck to you and all your endeavors. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for being an American patriot. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Mark McCloskey. You can follow him at McCloskeyUSA over at Twitter.com or I guess X.com these days. Speaking of Taylor Swift, she was asked what she thought about getting involved in the fight to stop Donald Trump. What did she have to say, this little Swift, Swift Rooney? Oh, God. Somebody click, click, flag. Where the hell is it? Hello, Taylor. There she is. Okay. Just from a security so you think Taylor Swift comes out against Trump? I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. I'm saying right now that this is something that I know is right, and you guys... I need to be on the right side of history, Taylor, and if he Taylor, doesn't win, then at least I, I, at least I tried. Taylor, here's the, here's the problem. I just want to read you what I wrote, and I'm going to try to start. I just That's really want you to know that this is right important track. to me. I totally agree that, have you, with have the you just, issue. Have you heard? Have you just heard? Yes, I've read the entire thing, and the bottom line right now, I'm terrified. I'm the guy that went out and bought armored cars. I worry for her safety as much as anybody does, maybe more. <laughs> it really is a big deal. She votes against against fair pay for women. She votes against the reauthorization of the of the Violence Against Women Act, which is just basically protecting us from domestic abuse and stalking, stalking. She votes, she thinks that, that if you're a gay couple, or even if you look like a gay couple, you should be allowed to be kicked out of a restaurant. It's really basic human rights, and it's right and wrong at this point, and I can't see another commercial and see her disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. Those aren't Tennessee Christian values. I live in Tennessee. I am Christian. That's not what we stand for. I need to do this. I need you to just... I need you to forgive me for doing it, because I'm doing it. Oh, that is so annoying out there. Oh, what does Taylor Swift say? What would Taylor Swift do, I guess? $20,000 to be her boyfriend. That was pretty funny. You can text the show at 573-319-1586. That's 
319-1586. Let us know what's on your mind today. Speaking of lefties being annoying, I saw this clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson, an interviewer who's talking about transgender in sports. Uh, let's hear from the left. How are they doing today? They seem completely normal and not unhinged in any way, shape, or form. I, I think uh, a lot of people would have an issue with what you're saying, Neil, is because they see women being denied opportunities. They see an unfair playing field, metaphorically and literally speaking. So fix the playing field, damn it. What, what, don't, don't say it's an unfair playing field. So all of a sudden the big issue is trans women taking the slot of a woman in an unfair playing field. Fix the playing field. And you know something? The day you fix that playing field, this conversation will look completely ridiculous. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So how do you fix the playing field? I'm curious. Well, that's hard. It's it's hard. We've been through that's <laughs> Thank you for that question. <laughs> I think it's I a, have, look, if you're advancing that as a solution, solution, I think I have a right to ask yeah. you. I, no, it's great. I don't have a fast solution. I, I think uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a solution. Great. Great. This is the modern left these days. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, we're glad to have you here. Nice to see all of our listeners and viewers over at Rumble.com. 240 people watching. Good morning. I imagine for many of you, it might be your very first time here today. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel. Let us know what's going on in your mind. We'd love to hear from you today and what your thoughts are on the big news stories today. You can text us at 573-319-1586. I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Lear Capital. Invest in gold and silver the right way. Get a $500 account credit to get started when you want to buy gold from anyone. You should buy them from Lear Capital. My friends over at Lear Capital have got for you an amazing deal to get you started. $500 account credit just by calling that number today. 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. Let them know that you heard about the $500 account credit from moi, the Wake Up America show with Austin Peterson. You got to call the number to get that deal. You can get more information on how to invest in gold and silver from their capital by visiting that website, L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. That's LearAustin.com. They'll send you a free gold and silver information packet. But if you want that $500 account credit, you got to call the number today. 1-800-885-2175. Do a little disco dance. If you love gold like me, secure your financial future. Who knows? Joe Biden may become president of the United States again if they cheat and if for some reason things just fall apart for the Republicans. You never know. But one thing you can be sure of, gold. It always goes up over time. The value of gold right now is a little bit lower than it has been historically, so now might be a good time to get in before it goes back up. And I tell you what, if you want to have a safe, secure hedge against inflation, there's no better way than to invest in gold from our friends over at LearCapital.com. I highly endorse and recommend them, not only to you, the listener, who, you know, for me, it's like, oh, well, you just say, Austin, you're just going to endorse them because they pay you to do so. But here's the thing. I wouldn't then turn around and endorse them and give them to my family members if I didn't trust them completely because that's real accountability. That's why when I say I endorse and recommend their capital, I do it for my family and you should do it for yours. Give them a call today, 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. I accidentally cut off my buddy Anthony Rogers when he sent us this awesome comedy sketch that he wrote earlier, which he does exclusively for the Wake Up America show. So let's go back to Anthony Rogers before we talk to Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians. Apparently Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is talking about running for president as a libertarian. 
You think that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. could win the Libertarian Party's nomination? Well, I think they could. We'll talk to Chris Spangle about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Morning, uh, America, and wherever else you may be unfortunate enough to be. Um, this is Anthony Rogers, your favorite comedian on the Wake Up America show. Uh, Jay Austin asked me to talk about John Fetterman and uh, explain how he's dressed like a tech school student or a mechanic or a janitor or something. And there's anything wrong with any of those things. Just like he's a senator walking into sacred buildings uh, to America, at least. I mean, if, you're, if you love your country, there's sacred buildings. Walking into him dressed like a fool. And uh, he's probably cloned or something. <laughs> Maybe not cloned, but we're probably like an actor's playing him or something because he's not the same looking guy. Um, he looks like a Goomba from Mario or like Sloth from the Goonies. It's like America has no more class. Everybody just walks around in like uh, superhero t-shirts and pajama pants. And, uh, but this isn't just your average moron. This is like a moron that is in the office of a U.S. senator. That's insane. Uh, at least try not to look like a bridge troll in office. At least pretend like you properly want to represent the best country in the world. Uh, the best country that ever existed, dressed like a goth kid's dad. But uh, looks aren't everything. He's also retarded. He's completely retarded. I'm going to do is I'm going to make it easy. A lot of the urban poor, particularly that don't have driver's licenses, can't get ID. If I'm going to make sure everybody can get a federal ID who wants it for free immediately, and what that'll do is it'll make it so work sites now, like a construction site in New York, you go, if you go to that site, you're an illegal immigrant, all you show is a social security card. They're easily fabricated. They don't have a photo on them. They're passed hand to hand. And the employers know they're fake, but all they have to do is check the box. Oh, but if you say you can't get a job without a federal ID, the border's gonna shut down overnight. Because now, there you go. Robert F. Kennedy he wants to shut down the border overnight by instituting a federal ID. Now we might find out that uh, the Libertarian Party could be possibly looking to run Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in a third-party bid. Joining us now to discuss is Chris Spangle of the Chris Spangle Show and one of the co-founders of We Are Libertarians. He's joining us live right now. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Austin. How are you today? All right. Glad to have you, Chris. Uh, you and I go way back as activists within the Libertarian Party, so we sort of know it uh, inside and outside, up and down. Would you be surprised to see Robert F. Kennedy Jr. win the nomination of the uh, Libertarian Party? I don't know that he'd win the nomination. Um, You know, as a college Republican chair in 2004 turned Ron Paul Paul Libertarian uh, in 2008, I remember that period where Robert F. Kennedy was one of the great villains. You know, he was anti-Bush, he was anti-war. Then he started to, oh, well, okay, he, he makes sense on this stuff. And then, you know, he's, he started talking about vaccines and other things. But, you know, through that period with Bush, for instance, in one Rolling Stone article, I mean, he just made up flat-out lies to the point that Rolling Stone had to retract the article because of just complete misstatements. And uh, I think he has a very... um loose grip on the truth, which makes him perfectly qualified to be president. Uh, I will say I do not fault Angela McArdle or the Libertarian Party from taking that meeting. Uh, To be totally fair to them, if I were chair and Robert F. Kennedy wanted to have a meeting about getting ballot access as a Libertarian, I would have that meeting. I 
don't know what happened in that meeting. I don't know that I've seen anybody say one way or the other what happened in that meeting. I would tell Robert F. Kennedy, I think just based on your policy proposals, I, I don't think you're qualified to to be on the libertarian ballot for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you have some very serious policy proposals. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to me seems like the dictator that the left thinks Trump is, <laughs> you know, like just one thread that you sent me on plastics. I mean, my my critique of Vivek Ramaswamy is that he wants to violate the Constitution, the rule of law and use all these executive orders. But at least those things are for things that are libertarian, like ending the Department of Education and and all of these different things. So, right. He wants to move us in a freer direction. But if you look at the t Twitter thread on plastics, for instance, his 10 point plan is um, restrict hazardous plastics and chemicals, promote a national bottle bill modernize recycling facilities, nationally coordinate an extended producer responsibility system, um, ban fracking, end subsidies for plastic producers. Okay, that's the good one, right? I, I didn't list all of them for the sake of time here, but how would Robert F. Kennedy do any of that? And if we're going to be logically consistent, when we all had major problems with Donald Trump using the federal government to nationalize for ventilators, is that not the same thing? I mean, he is. Uh, we, we've talked for almost four years about how the climate change issue will be used to uh, th there'll all be all kinds of national emergencies to start nationalizing industries in the sake of saving the planet. There's every indication that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is that guy. Joe Biden hasn't been that guy. Um, so. I don't understand the flirtation on the right with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think, you know, I've had some people say to me, like, I'm a single issue voter. It's about vaccines. What happened with mandated vaccines radicalized me to the point uh, of supporting somebody that I have large disagreements. And I respected that person tremendously for just being honest that they're a single issue voter. And I can understand that as a logical equation. But I think as a libertarian party, if you're going to put up somebody who has so many different issues, like wanting to jail the Koch brothers and shut down AEI, Cato, Heartland Institute, like he said that in, I think, 2014, he wanted to try the Koch brothers for treason. Um, you can't find two people who've done more to fund the libertarian movement over 40 years than the, the Koch brothers. Um, I think he, that only one's still alive, but. So there's just all these different, um, you know, you seem more hopeful on this one than I think than I do. And Chris, I think I, I kind of have to disagree with you and say, I think you sure. do understand now the, the libertarian flirtation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's because so many libertarians are single issue voters when it comes to the vaccine. And he's the most prominent voice who's a critic of that. And I mean, we've seen, you know, many libertarian activists, not necessarily prominent ones, but many libertarian activists who are hardcore LP people throwing in, joining the Democratic Party in order to support Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in that primary. I'm sure they'll come running back if he goes and runs in the LP to help him secure that nomination. And you say you think that he can't win that nomination. I disagree with you. I think that they absolutely would put up Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Because mm. as you and I well know, the LP loves celebrity. They want a big name to put on the ticket because, I mean, 
listen, George Jorgensen wasn't that, but I mean, those factions, the Gary Johnson voters, many of them, they're still there that not everybody was ejected or with the Mises caucus takeover. And a lot of those Mises caucus people, they love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think he can win the nomination. You disagree. You're, yeah, you're probably right on that. Um, do you remember the great macho flash by Michael Cloud? No. All right. So this is an old, you know, back when like Nathaniel Brandon and the advocates for self-government were training libertarians how to be normal people. Uh, they had this thing called the Great Macho Flash. Uh, you can Google it. I think the Libertarian Party of Minnesota and We Are Libertarians still have it up somewhere. But it basically describes like the the way that old school libertarians and a lot of the Mises folks kind of see the way to convert people, which is just to to aggressively shock the system and get your attention. And Cloud goes on to talk about how that turns people off, right? And the this wing of the libertarian movement does have. They love tokens. You know, Tulsi Gabbard is a liberal who loves Ron Paul's foreign policy. So let's overlook her love for the Green New Deal. Let's bring in uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he's right on foreign policy and vaccines. The two issues we care about the most, which from Joe Walsh's interview with Angela McArdle, that was made very clear. Scott and Horton, the, the only issues that matter are this and the, the corruption. So, yeah, I think there's um, that desire for, uh, you know, big and splashy and that has taken a back seat, which is kind of fulfilling a prediction that I had about the Mises caucus all along is that if you are in charge, you inevitably end up a prag <laughs> because there is no way to run an institution without ending up being pragmatic. And look, our goal is to beat Gary Johnson, who wasn't a real libertarian, by the way. But Robert, I would have attested. (laughs) Right. I mean, Michael Rechtenwald, I don't I don't know much about Michael Rechtenwald, but, uh, you know, the guy who's donating to Trump and starting Trump organizations and supporting the GOP and donating to Hillary Clinton like that guy is a much better libertarian than Gary Johnson, apparently. Right. So it's just but it's because he's got some heat. So there the, the movement that was founded on those people aren't principled enough have inevitably ended up, which with we need to save our butts by finding the most famous person we can to run for office because we're losing 500 members a month in 2023. And I think that's a telling statistic that shows you that a lot of those people who were in Reno are are not showing back up because a lot of the people who, you know, I was part of the Republican takeover of the GOP or, you know, so-called, you know, all these uh, radicals in the party were saying, oh, Mark Rutherford and Wayne Allen Root are coming and they're going to make the party the GOP. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm like the most orthodox libertarian in the world compared to kind of where the movement's at now. Um, you know, the 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 I, I forgot my point, but the um, the fact is, is if you're looking at. Uh, you know, you're talking purity. about the Mises, if, 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 I'll, I'll help you here, uh, Thanks. Chris. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you're talking about the ability of the Libertarian Party to uh, nominate someone that reflects their values. Robert F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. largely does not represent Libertarian values other than a few issues, which some people are very much single issue voters on. I mean, and you could understand why people will be very highly triggered during the pandemic with anybody who who felt like they were forced to take a medical procedure that against 100%. their will. I mean, those people are those people have an absolute right to be outraged. 
and, yeah. and I and I absolutely you know support that. I don't agree with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s views on vaccines largely, but I absolutely agree with his outrage about the forced medical procedures. And so I understand why so many libertarians are triggered by that one. Um, but then there's of course the question of the fact that the Libertarian Party was and the Mises Caucus were looking very heavily towards Dave Smith for to be their presidential candidate. Lots of them are really upset that he announced that he would not be running for president of the United States. To me, and, and I say this as someone who has you know no hostility or animosity towards my former party at all, Chris. There's a lot of good people doing good work over there. I say this, you know, you know, as somebody who who cares about them and wish hopes that they do well. They seem to be floundering with the fact that they've lost Dave Smith as a p- potential presidential candidate. To me, it's kind of like grasping at straws. The idea that they would nominate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I mean, I almost would prefer George Organson just because at least she really was an orthodox libertarian to an extent. Yeah. Although, again, you know, not an ideal candidate. They had one shot and it was with me in 2016, Chris, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, look, you could have ignited the party and uh, you would have appealed. That's you, you brought a coalition of people and that's that's Robert Kennedy's appeal, right? I mean, he right. brings a coalition of Kennedy Democrats, uh, the crunchy granola Democrats. He brings... You know, a lot of different people and politics is about coalition building, which I think has been the problem with the the Mises caucus and their takeover is that, you know, when you push all the institutional knowledge out and you push anybody that isn't uh, totally adhering to your kind of view of libertarianism and you don't think Cato and Reason are libertarian, but then Robert Kennedy Jr. and all these populists that sort of suit your cultural needs are it's the message becomes muddied and that is the the you know they're violating the main promises we're going to be bold messengers that are very clear meanwhile okay you're flirting with robert kennedy jr you're on stage at these rallies with like people who are not libertarian but just anti-putin and possibly paid by the russians um you know the the fact is is the mises caucus did do an excellent job of organizing did do an excellent job of training the vast majority of people who are in the caucus are their heart is in the right place they're there to be activists and they are kind of just walking away i mean i've talked to several people who've just kind of said you know the the leadership isn't there they weren't nice to me you know pe- yeah, some a lot of, of them got into it because rude. they were hoping dave smith was going to be the candidate and, and you know, with dave smith i don't I, I think the problem with announcing that early and i told my friends this is that you may change your mind and when you have a wife and two small kids, they're your priority. And running for president, running for governor, running for office, you know this. I've seen so many marriages strained. I've seen so many jobs strained. I've seen so many, you know, if you're on the ascendancy in your career, as Dave Smith seems to be with young kids, I don't know why you would want to run for president, especially for the LP when it's completely thankless. So I don't blame him at all. I think his mistake was saying it so early and not finding a replacement and kind of setting that up and doing that all in public. And it just that, you know, when I was on a show, I said, look, you guys are inexperienced. You're going to make mistakes. This is what I'm talking about. Right. So if you don't understand politics and have never run campaigns and don't know what you're doing, you're going to do things that bite you in the butt. And this is one of those. So I think with the the Mises caucus, they just kind of violated some of those ba- basic principles. We're going to be ideologically pure. We're going to be bold in our messaging and clear. We're going to run Dave Smith and have the best libertarian campaign ever. Like, I disagree with Dave Smith on several things, on um, some cultural issues, immigration for sure. 
Um, but he's definitely a libertarian and he's a person that somebody that the majority of the party would, could see themselves, even if you're, you know, really, you might hold your nose and vote for Dave Smith if you're in the classical liberty caucus against Joe Biden and Donald Trump. But I, I think they they have a real problem is that there there is no central um, guiding principle. And I think they're they're starting to atrophy. You're starting to see all of those folks walk away that were at Reno. And then what happens when you have a weak presidential candidate in 2024 and you are spreading the message of existential crisis for the nation? Joe Biden is going to destroy America. All those people are just going to go vote for Donald Trump because they're ideologically close to him. I See, will never vote for Donald that, Trump. That's what I that's what I want to bring this conversation back to the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. factor. Um, but let me reset real briefly for those who may just be tuning into the show. Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click like on the channel that you're watching us on and subscribe if you're enjoying the content. 240 people watching us live this morning. We're grateful to have you. And thank you to rumble.com for putting us up top on the website today. They've been very helpful in helping us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. One of the best ways to support the Wake Up America show and rumble.com from cancel culture leftists is to subscribe to the Wake Up America show on a monthly basis through rumble.com. So if you want to do that, don't forget a portion of those proceeds. Go to rumble.com, help them to fight back against the king of cancel culture, Burger King, I mean, when they pulled their advertisements this last week. I just started um, a Rumble channel this morning, Austin. For you, Chris. I mean, I, I, I yeah, like li- Liberty Explained. Go check out Liberty Explained. We Are Libertarians is on there, so is the Chris Spangle Show. But I really think that this platform has a future. Uh, I mean, I got demonetized on YouTube a few weeks ago. Rumble reached out and was like, hey, we'd love to feature your show to fight back against, you know, this kind of cancel culture. Because, um, you know, we obviously we need alternatives to the mainstream media and also the mainstream alternative media, YouTube.com. They're not friendly to people like ourselves, even when we're even when we're right about things like the lab leak theory, for example, we found out that the government was telling big tech to suppress us, even though we were right. But I, I want to get to that in just a moment, Chris, but um, we only have a little bit of time left. Can I ask you what you think a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Libertarian Party run? Would that be something that that hurts Joe Biden more because he is a former Democrat? But then it's also it's libertarians, which some people think Take more from the right. I mean, it, it, it really is kind of a wild card, isn't it? Not no. I, I think um Robert Kennedy Jr., just based on the name, may hurt Joe Biden more. But study after study after exit poll after exit poll. I mean, I've collected half a dozen of these. Cato has studied it and found all of this to be true. Um, when you look at the exit polling in, I think it was um not 2020 it was maybe 2016 they the, the libertarian candidate polls one to two percent from both sides and then the rest is just activated voters that did not have a choice on their ballot and so anytime you have a third party on the ballot the lie that they steal from either party is just that it is not born out of any kind of statistical analysis it is just their gut reaction because austin peterson seems a little republican Robert Kennedy Jr. seems a little liberal, right? It's the fact that Joe Biden for a Robert Kennedy Jr. voter is as bad as Donald Trump and they aren't going to vote for either of them. So they stay home. So does Robert Kennedy Jr. hurt Joe Biden? I think in this specific instance, a little bit, yes, because of the Kennedy name. But in general, a third party candidate, be it Cornell West uh, and the Green Party, 
he may be a little bit more damaging just because I think he has a he, he's a gifted speaker. He has a clear ideological uh, platform. You know, it, you know, I think a lot of Republicans might look at a libertarian candidate and go, well, I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump, but maybe I'll vote for him. That certainly happened with Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson had the best vote total of any Libertarian Party candidate, with the exception of 1980, when one of the Koch brothers was on the ticket and spent massive amounts of money with Ed Clark. Um, but, you know, they had a ton of earned media. They had a ton of advertising. They raised a ton of money and it resulted in a ton of votes, which got ballot access for eight states. And my fear moving into 2024 is that the Mises caucus doesn't understand how to do ballot access, isn't going to do the canvassing isn't going to have a candidate that is on all 50 ballots and states like Ohio, where they've had ballot access uh, for four years, just or, or had it from 2016 to 2020, won't get it when that's sort of what we were promised. So there's going to be a big challenge there. Um, uh, tell us about your show on Rumble.com. Why did you decide to come and join us over here on Rumble, Chris? So I think this is a moment where people are uh, asking a lot of questions about libertarianism. And I've had this show Liberty Explained for three, four years that I've updated a little sporadically. Um, and there's a website. I've, I've been collecting libertarian manuals and how to's and video playlists and all kinds of information around the libertarian basics um, of libertarianism, uh, libertarian views on issues. And a lot of this stuff was collected in the before times, before Trump kind of muddied the waters and every think tank either went out of business or um, turned Trumpy. So a lot of the, the content is from the 80s all the way to 2017, 18, 2020. And it, the whole brand, Liberty Explained, is meant to kind of give that orthodox view to maintain the to keep the candle burning on libertarian orthodoxy and the non-aggression principle and applying that to politics. And so, you know, at the Chris Spangle show, our goal is to uh, help you think differently about politics, talking about culture, talking about politics from a Christian libertarian point of view. But I want a brand that is specifically devoted to answering people's questions about libertarianism. And so we've got 15 episodes that we've done over the past few years, and I'm putting that on Rumble. I'm putting that on uh, it's already on on podcasts. You can go check that out. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just I'm I'm looking at using that brand a little bit more and uh, putting a little more effort into it. So if people have questions. The email is ask at we are libertarians dot com and you can ask a question and, and we'll be sure to answer it. But please. Yeah, we started the channel today just because I, th I think Rumble has uh, a real shot at being a competitor. I think they have done a great job of growing it and being open to all and not demonetizing people and working on brand deals to help bring in money. And I'm always skeptical of anybody that starts any kind of alternative social media. But this is the one that has really seemed to stick and they've done a great job. And if they reach out to you, they're smart. No, they definitely did. Thank you for that, uh, Chris. They reached out to me after I got demonetized on YouTube. And it's been absolutely transformational. You know, my wife and I, we started the Wake Up America show um, a year and about a month ago. And we started off with, you know, about 20, 30 viewers. Then, uh, you know, about a month ago, we were averaging to, you know, to 120 viewers. We were really excited about that. And, and they've been featuring us for the last couple of weeks. Some of our shows are getting like 80,000 views for a two hour wow. live morning talk show. So it's just wild. And so Stephanie and I are just doing everything we can to try and capture that. 
and, and continue to build on top of that so we can continue to spread the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty, which is at its core what we're all about here, Chris, and I think you know that. Um, we dropped your link tree with all of your links in there. Is that the way, Thank the best you. way people can find all your stuff? Yeah, chris-spangle.com. And I want to say I will be on BET. My debut appearance on network TV will be October 18th. Miss Pat settles it. I'm a juror. Um, so I'll be on network TV and I'd love for everybody to watch that and support us uh, because the paycheck's great. The, the show is fun. <laughs> the It's it's really entertaining. Miss Pat is like a Judge Judy and then it's comedians making fun of all the real contestants. So check wow. that out. Chris, I'm glad we've been able to maintain our uh, friendship, acquaintanceship over the years um, as uh, things have really changed a lot since we first uh, got to know each other back in 2008 until yeah, today. We but... left the Libertarian Party and we're happy. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time today, Chris. Thanks for getting up early and thanks for being so generous with your time. We appreciate you very much. Thanks, Austin. That's Chris Spangle. There you go. What do you guys think of Chris Spangle? Send us a text 573 319 1586. That's 573 319 1586. Today I'm drinking my absolute favorite Thomas's Painkiller Founding Flavors Coffee. If you haven't already, check out AP4. That's the number four, AP4LibertyShop.com. When you check out AP4LibertyShop.com, not only can you get our delicious Founding Flavors Coffee, but you can also get awesome t shirts. We've got some excellent Halloween costumes over there. You can get our uh, Michael Myers No Lives Matter shirt which I think mine is coming in either today or tomorrow, so then I'll, I'll wear it on the show either tomorrow or Wednesday. We've also got our Government is Scary tee. You can check those out as well. So if you're looking for a really inexpensive Halloween costume to wear, get it at AP4LibertyShop.com. Thank you to Rumble for putting us up there and featuring us on the Wake Up America show, uh, the Wake Up America show on Rumble.com today. Thanks for fighting back against cancel culture. Help support Rumble and AP for Liberty by becoming a monthly subscriber to the show. That way we can beat back Burger King and HelloFresh. Who the hell uses that anyway? Are we going to boycott Burger King? Man, I'm going to miss the Whopper. But you know what? I think I'm actually... I'm willing to do it. You know what? I don't need the calories anyway. So what do you say? Should we boycott Burger King? I think we should. Fight back. If you strike us down, you should become more powerful than you'd ever imagined. We'll see you tomorrow morning, Tuesday, on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Bye, guys.